Hello everybody, it is the time of year to begin registering for one or two of my slow groups that begin in July. My slow groups are these special groups where I focus on one topic and we deeply unpack it over the course of six months. So these are highly nuanced, deep dive, advanced groups. These are excellent for those of you who have taken my six week course or who just want to focus on one particular topic through a somatic and trauma-informed lens. The two that are opening up in July, or will begin in July, are my embodied parenting group and my embodied nutrition group. The embodied parenting group is just like it sounds, learning how to parent from your body, learning how to ground yourself in your parenting so you're not parenting from a reactive triggered place, but from a much more conscious place so you can actually find joy in your parenting instead of it being a total hellscape, like some of you have told me it is, and I've experienced it myself. The other group is an embodied nutrition group. This has been requested for years. For the past four years after students complete my course, they say, can you please do a course on nutrition and make it longer than six weeks? So finally, I can say, yes, you can, and I can, and I did. It is a six-month unpacking of the intersection between trauma nutrition, and somatics. How do we recover from stress and trauma via food? How do we relate to food as a being and not just some object on the plate? What's the biochemistry of food? Why is it not the best for my blood sugar to have toast, but lentils are just fine if they're both carbohydrates? All of this and more will be unpacked in this six-month group. To register for these groups, please go to my website, holisticlifenavigation.com, and click Groups or you can click the link in the episode details below. Registration closes on June 1st. It is only open through May because we need the month of June to prepare everybody for July. I'm looking forward to this deep dive with you all. I'll see you there. On today's episode, we speak about trauma as the root cause of ADHD. This was my healing journey was creating this because there's a part of me that was still so upset about not being seen and heard, uh, not being properly diagnosed. You know, you get bullied too when you're um, taking medications and those kinds of things. And for me, it was just really medicinal uh, to be able to become the provider that I so needed on my own healing journey. Um, and I just, I love, I love this work. Welcome to the Holistic Life Navigation Podcast. I am your host, Luis Mujica. I was sick and depressed until I discovered that I could make music, and then my whole life transformed because I began learning how to listen more deeply. Listen to life, to the people around me, and to my body. And that's when I realized that the body speaks through sensations, and learning this new language meant relearning my body and mind. I soon healed myself of many chronic conditions and then began teaching others how to do so as well. Holistic Life Navigation combines nutrition, self-inquiry, and somatic experiencing to help you release stress and trauma just by listening to your own body. This podcast serves as a place to share my experiences as well as the experiences of many others who have healed and are healing through unique, unorthodox, and unusual ways. 
Your time to learn begins now. My guest today is Shannon Myers. Shannon calls herself the integrative counselor, and she is one. She's a certified rehabilitation counselor, as well as a certified mental health integrative medicine provider, which means she works with families and adults and children and organizations to bridge the gap between the medical world and the holistic natural world. And she does so through the trauma-informed lens of compassion and embodiment. Our work uh, overlaps very beautifully. Shannon's journey was a lot like mine. Lots of unprocessed trauma that she had to heal on her own. And she actually healed from 14 different physical and mental health conditions, as well as 14 medications. That's astounding. Some of those things were celiac and Hashimoto's, diabetes, addiction, mold, SIBO, OCD, PTSD, etc. When she realized that the root causes were trauma and she addressed those root causes, she awakened and embraced her inner healer. And to her, healing means that she's no longer attached to labels or diagnoses and lives life fully with the ultimate life acceptance to maintain vitality through the tools shown to clients. I think that's pretty beautiful. Um, You know, if my voice seems a little scratchy, I have been healing as well from uh, strep throat. I'm feeling much better, um, but my throat needs a bit more rest. So let's just dive into the episode. Shannon's um, headphones stopped working. So we just had to reconfigure. So you might notice a a shift in sound uh, quality. But if you listen closely, um, she has a lot of really important information coming up. Hey, Shannon, welcome. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited. I'm so excited to have you here because you're you're my Instagram friend. And (laughs) it's so fun to see the human behind behind the gram. Uh-huh. And I think what really interested me about this talk was um, I had been, I believe, misdiagnosed mm-hmm. you know, as a child, uh, ADHD okay. and Tourette's syndrome and nervous tics. So that was like my diagnosis. And they wanted to put me on um, a really strong antipsychotic called Haldol. Oh, boy. Um, and I was nine. So, oh. um, so they gave me the prescription. My mother flushed it down the toilet. Mm-hmm. And uh, we we holistically worked on it together, just through mm-hmm. a mind, mindfulness, essentially. Um, mm-hmm. But we didn't know much about food at the time. But then when we got into food, and I got into meditation and yoga and such, mm-hmm. everything just vanished, essentially, all the symptoms. Mm-hmm. So I really wanted you to tell us what you do first, and and specifically focus on this ADHD crisis. Okay. Well, I am a certified mental health integrative medicine provider, and no one knows what that is. Uh, so <laughs> it's it's kind of a new it's a it's a new group. So it's doctors, psychologists, and counselors. I think dietitians are also included in that uh, grouping. And I've been practicing this modality before it was a thing. Mm. So I've been practicing before there was a certification. So. For me, it's a postgraduate uh, 
I have a counseling degree, a master of counseling degree. I'm a certified rehabilitation counselor and I do a lot of systems work. I teach and researcher and I'm a clinician. But most of all, like you, I was a former patient. And um, so integrative medicine is the modality that bridges the gap from the traditional medical model to complementary and alternative medicines. It's all very evidence-based. It's ancestral medicine, but it's also the latest with uh, genomics that are included too. So it's super, super evidence-based. Um, and it really gets to the root. Like, why, why is someone having ADHD symptoms? Is it even ADHD? And so the modality isn't inherently in itself trauma-informed, but I am a trauma-informed practitioner, so I'm blending that in. A lot of my uh, fellow colleagues, they will refer out if it's trauma, uh, but I don't do that because that can be even re-traumatizing to like connect with me and work with me and then go work with this other person. Mm-hmm. So I appreciate that. Uh, so I'm assessing, what, you know, is it trauma or isn't it? Uh, and so I, I, that's, that's what I work as. And so um, I work with individuals and families and systems across the United States. The training that I had sent you, I had trained pediatricians and healthcare mm-hmm. staff uh, on trauma-informed care as part of a federal grant. And so that's part of the system's work. And I've worked with uh, kids and families with ADHD for some years because like you, I was also misdiagnosed with ADHD as a child. Mm. What was that like for you? Uh, this was my healing journey was creating this because there's a part of me that was still so upset about not being seen and heard, uh, not being properly diagnosed. You know, you get bullied too when you're um, taking medications and those kinds of things. And for me, it was just really medicinal uh, to be able to become the provider that I so needed on my own healing journey. Um, and I just, I love, I love this work because um, every single client that's working with me, they're, they're also seeking that validation too. I love what you said about how by doing this work for others and um, um, let's say, let's just say establishing not the template or the formula, but I'll just call it the medicine for lack of a better word, like the ancestral medicine and the wisdom right. for how to help bridge this gap and heal this. Mm-hmm. You, you were healing yourself. It was like a reparenting of your own trauma. Exactly. Um, it's really beautiful. I, yeah. And I celebrated at the end of it. I integrated that little sliver of myself that was just, mm. that was kind of left out there. I'm like, I see you. Like you're, you're safe now. Like, like we did this, like that, that little unhealed aspect gave me that energy to do this for so many people. So it was important. It was important mm-hmm. for my journey. And I love that too, because I, I almost I almost exclusively interview people who have had their own trauma and experience mm-hmm. um, of rupture or stress or overwhelm, and that experience turned into their wisdom. And, yes. Right? Because mm-hmm. I, I know I've, I've experienced that, and it sounds like you have too, which is really nice to hear. A hundred percent, for sure. It's funny too, when you're saying about, um, how old were you when you were diagnosed, misdiagnosed? I was 13. Do you mm-hmm. remember anything specific about that time, like how they, what they used to misdiagnose your questions you were asked or uh, what, was, what okay, led up so, to that? Like, what were your symptoms? So, oh gosh, like my whole life story is just, it's like a made for TV movie. Um, so we had left a cult. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. So, 
So we had left a cult and I was experiencing a lot of childhood abuse. And it was right after leaving that scenario. And my whole family system was just kind of like, what is going on here? And I don't know how we ended up in a, like a psychologist's office because we had never, that was the only time that my family had engaged a mental health professional. And I just remember going into a room and there was just these balls on the screen. Of course, it's the 90s. So ADHD was like this hot diagnosis. Oh, yeah. Just a super hot diagnosis. And there were just these balls on the screen. And I was just kind of, I was like, I wanted, I wanted to be seen and heard. Like I was suffering immensely internally. And I just, I just wanted to be validated with something at the time. And so there was these balls on the screen and it was like, do you see them? And are you paying attention? I saw all the balls on the screen, but I kind of just gamed it in a way that I was like, please help me. Someone help me. This, my family is not okay. So they diagnosed, I have two brothers. So they diagnosed all of us like the same day and then put us on a methamphetamine derivative. Um, And that was it. Like I never saw a therapist. They never ruled out trauma. Uh, we never talked about food. It was just, you have ADHD. They never looked at my parents. You know, they, they didn't look at what was going on there. Nothing. So that was going on. And I'm just this curious, um, observant kid and just like, something's going on with my family and something's going on with this whole situation. And so we, you know, we started to lean in. My dad had a medical crisis and we leaned in more towards the, uh, holistic as well at that time too. So I was on medication for probably seven years through almost through college. I was on medication for seven years and I did not have ADHD. So I didn't sleep. Mm. Uh, There's just all of these things that were going on. I, you know, it, it epigenetically turned on autoimmunity, just mm. all of these things mm. uh, that were very unnecessary. I never engaged in counseling. Um, and I felt... <clears throat> There was this one time in high school where um, a teacher yelled at me and she's like, is there a problem with you? Do you have a problem with attention? And this, the biggest bully uh, to me was like, she's on medication. Like that person that was kind of my biggest tormentor, he even stood up for me. I was like, something is fundamentally wrong here. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was all of that happening at the same time. And I mean, I laugh, I laugh at it um, because with compassion, because it seems so ridiculous. I get that. I get that. I remember mm-hmm. being in the psychiatrist's office and I remember the question. Um, so uh, they called me Lewis. Lewis, Lewis, when you're in school and you're watching the teacher and let's say there's like a window open, there's a dog barking in the playground. Would, do you turn mm-hmm. to look at the dog when they're barking? And I said, yeah. And they're like, we thought so. <laughs> we, we thought and so. And, and that's your diagnosis. That was like the moment that I became someone that had like, you know, um, uh, a diagnosis. And, and for me, it wasn't the amphetamines. It was Haldol, which is the opposite, like a major depression. Terrible. Yeah, so it would it would have essentially you know made me catatonic, and, mm-hmm. I thought, um, and thank goodness my mother, my mother was a nurse, so she was yeah. educated. But had she not been, she would have just taken it because she was told that was what I needed. Oh. Um, so I, I remember that feeling, and I remember going through school with like those um, you know educational traumas of thinking in my mind like, oh, I have a disability. Yeah. I can't focus. I'm weird. People are noticing mm-hmm. my tics, all these things. But mm-hmm. no one asked the question like, 
did something ever happen to you? And, right. Right. And I was harboring all this, you know, secret oh. sexual trauma. And right. my body just wanted to release it. Right. So um, so I I I I feel like you're a kindred spirit in that way. Mm-hmm. It's nice to hear mm-hmm. that, that you had that journey. And and the again, funny with compassion when you say it was so hot in the 90s. Like it, it was hot. It was hot. <laughs> it was like, you know, marketed to us. It's very uh-huh. interesting, right? Well, do you know why? Do you know the politics behind that? A little bit. You know, it's still even being, uh, it's still a diagnosis that is still contested. You know, it's still not official in some in some circles hmm. to this amazing. day. It's amazing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So tell us, tell us your experience um, as a clinician when it comes to when you're, um, I don't want to say re-diagnosing, I want to say like reorienting people from the diagnosis to um, this is actually unprocessed trauma. Now I know that that's a general, not everyone fits there, but the ones that do, what's your experience there? Well, almost all of my clients have unprocessed trauma. So I actually just start there and I'm kind of going through their, I do a really, really, really thorough intake. uh, So thorough that it, some people just, they, they can't finish it because it's traumatic in itself because it's very clinical. And so I'm doing a thorough intake and I'm not really fully trusting their diagnosis because it hasn't been viewed through a trauma-informed lens. And it certainly hasn't been viewed through an integrative lens. So the first thing is, does this person even have ADHD? What are the symptoms? What's, what's happening? What are the stressors? What's their life story? You know, when did this start occurring? It's usually that there's usually a, a an incident and then the diagnosis that's happening, like a traumatic incident, and then the diagnosis. Now, sometimes it's not very cut and dry. It's not clear cut. It's, uh, I'm trying to see what is going on for the person, what's going on with their family system, what's going on for their societal systems that they're involved in, what is going on mentally, physically, spiritually, emotionally for the person. I'm looking at their, their whole being and what are the symptoms? So a lot of times uh, I'll see individuals diagnosed, like officially diagnosed with ADHD, and either they're on medication or they're thinking about getting on medication, but they're questioning the diagnosis, and so then they will arrive to to see me, or they are um, just very holistic-minded anyway, so they're just coming to me because they're just they they know that that's um, the medical model option; it's not for them or their family. So I'm trying to see what's actually going on here. What is, where's the trauma? <laughs> because there usually is uh, trauma involved. Um, what are the symptoms? And is it actually ADHD? I'm a very different clinician because I'm very bi-directional. What is the root cause? So I'm looking at what is causing ADHD to express? What's causing this? And so that's where I really do start. And, you know, when I hear you say that, my mind goes to these like top causes in my experience of nutrition environment and unprocessed trauma. Is that your experience too? Or is there anything you want to add to that? These main roots that you find? So another one is um, just nutrient deficiencies. So nutrient imbalances, which can be tested for. And then there are a lot of environmental traumas, which is one of my skill sets to see you know, have they used a lot of antibiotics? Do they have uh, something like mold illness or Lyme disease or um, something like that, an environmental stressor? 
that's also occurring, which is um, very traumatic in itself, too, because this is happening to the person's body. Uh, so I'm looking at that. Um, I'm looking at their genetics, their detoxification pathways. A lot of times ADHD is um, can be genetically passed on and sometimes through the father. And so 25% of the time, if, you know, if the father has a diagnosis. And then what else is co-occurring if it is ADHD? What's co-occurring? Because I write very individual bio individual that includes someone's genetics. If I have that information for the person, uh, that is trauma informed. So what else is going on? Because it's going to change. Um, what are they eating? How are they sleeping? So circadian rhythm imbalances, huge, 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 which is not a diagnosis that you're going to get from like a therapist. Like, oh, it's your circadian rhythm that's out of balance and hypoglycemia, like a hundred, like almost, almost most symptoms can re uh, be resolved just with that hypoglycemia being addressed. Mm. Their nutrition, like you're saying, that's why you and I are so aligned in what we're saying. I love that. I love, I just, I, I'm just like, that little part of me is healing listening to you, you know, because I'm imagining what would it have been like to be nine and sitting in Shannon's office mm -hmm. and she's saying to me, um, oh, well, do you sleep? Yeah. <laughs> and I would say, no, I don't sleep. And right. you might say, oh, well, that's one reason why your nervous system feels this way, you know, sweetheart. And I'm like, oh my God, you know, thank you. So just, I can feel in my heart what it would feel like to actually be engaged mm -hmm. versus just being like a statistic and being spoken exactly. over. and medicated that's amazing so before i go into the holistic uh lens a bit more with it in the treatment just everyone listening how do you define adhd like what's the simple way to if someone actually has it what is it even okay so adhd is so complex because it is so co-occurring with so many things i am actually i go backwards and what is it not i start ruling things out is this trauma so is this trauma it just by itself? Is this unprocessed trauma? Because it can, can be ADHD and trauma co-occurring together. Is this person a kinesthetic learner? Are they a hands-on, tactile learner? Okay, are we just, is, is it a child in school? They're bored and they are not hands-on learning. Right now with all the virtual learning platforms, I can't, there's going to be so, so many children diagnosed with ADHD after this because this is not, this is, this is not uh, developmentally engaging platform for you. So are they a kinesthetic learner? They can be ADHD and kinesthetic learner. Are they, is this hypoglycemia? Is it a circadian rhythm imbalance? Are these going on? So ADHD is a brain, it's a brain condition. And there's many ways that you can diagnose it. And I actually like Dr. Common's approach because he, uh, he has like an online quiz and I will have people and families actually take his online quiz because he sub subcategorizes ADHD through an integrative approach, kind of like I do through brain scanning. And he has like seven, seven different types. He's including those co-occurring patterns. So I actually like his um, and I can be that flexible because I'm a little bit outside of the traditional um, medical model. So I actually use his um, more often because someone can take that and it's not it's not super clinical. It's kind of fun to take. It's like a quiz. You know, it's fun to take. Um, so I'm using that because what I see with the DSM is it's not, it doesn't have that trauma lens. And what happens, and you and I both experience this, we're supposed to be in multiple different environments assessing to diagnose, and this is not happening. This is 
a child is going into their primary care um, office, and I see children as young as 18 months, two years old, being put on methamphetamine derivatives, and they're not even talking, and they're having, and so it's, the assessment's not done in a way that even the DSM intended for it to be, mm-hmm. and so that is not happening. So I, a lot of times I'll even refer out to like a psychological evaluation too, because if I'm like, Hey, I don't, I don't really know, but let's get you another setting. Let's get you in another setting. Let's get another clinician. So I have some other clinicians that I'll even have them look and say, Hey, am I, am I right on this? You know, I'm very, um, I'm very technical when it comes to diagnosis. And because the thing is, is when it's trauma, it's just, it's not going to just line up. I feel like the DSM is the way that trauma and, epi- and our genes express. And it's kind of a right. handbook as to how they cluster. Um, so if I'm working backwards, it's a lot of times by the second or third meeting, uh, individuals have implemented a couple strategies. And maybe they don't even meet the diagnosis mm-hmm. for ADHD. Mm-hmm. They've, they've improved their sleep schedules because that's an easy one. Uh, they, they've started to improve their food. If someone has been eating um, in a way that's nourishing after about 30 days, it's you're not even going to meet the clinical, uh, you're not even going to meet the criteria. That's really powerful. You know, when you said, um, you know, the DSM, essentially those classifications and identities are often expressions epigenetic expressions and processed trauma, environmental expressions of the body. Right. Just for people listening to hear that, you know, expressions of, of, of your environment, of your body versus a fixed state. I mean, it's so huge, right? There's so much in that statement. And that is my, that is my experience 140%, you know, is, is, is that someone comes in with diagnosis, you know, from the DSM, and then as we work together, we notice, well, this is just the way, like, to be frank, a lot of white men decided to label people. <laughs> they didn't understand. I mean, I think of hysteria. I think of homosexuality. I think of these things that were in the DSM as disorders. And so um, you go to ADHD as well. And it's like, that. that is such a, the expressions that we call ADHD when you were saying about, um, is the child, you know, kinesthetic, much more tactile? When I think of trauma and co-regulation, like that, that tactile quality of touch learning, first of all, it's a very tri- tribal ancestral way to learn, and it's a co-regulating way to learn. So it, it, right, it helps absorb the charge that then becomes dysregulation and trauma. So just understanding how actually, and this is what I've come to see for myself, when you have a diagnosis like that, and it turns out not to be, the expression that we're calling ADHD is actually a healthy expression of living in a dysregulated environment. Right. right. And so I love that you're, you're bringing people back to that truth and all of your patients are, 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 have trauma is what I'm hearing you say and, or have nutritional deficiencies or both, usually both. So I'm curious for you, you said something like 30 days. Um, I know it isn't a general, but is it that quick for some people that the symptoms turn around? It really can be. Um, you know, 90 days is probably optimal. You know, if we, if we haven't figured this thing out in six months, I see a lot of people even traumatized by functional medicine. And that's another reason why I came to be because they just put someone on the diet and they're not looking at the trauma. So it can be very, very rapid. If it's just with sleep and schedule and hypoglycemia, even if you're just addressing that while you go in for testing to add in 
the to add in the supplementation that is needed there for that person, uh, it can be that rapid. It really can't. I have seen it. I believe mm -hmm. it. What you're saying about an 18 month old being put on a methamphetamine, you know, I'm thinking of the developmental trauma just from that activated medicine in a little nervous system. Well, and what it epigenetically turns um, on as far as genes later on in life, like you're turning on lifelong mood uh, mm. conditions and uh, disease states, autoimmunity and things like that by turning on those epigenetic levers. You know, what you and I are talking about is we're, we're turning off these levers. We're turning off, you know, by resolving trauma and, and really nourishing your body from the inside out. This is, this is the treatment modality. That's so beautiful. You know, I'm just thinking like, just when you said, I love this idea of turning, turning down those levers. Um, again, just for people listening, it's like as simple as switching a couple foods out of your diet, your genes that are expressing disease will literally stop expressing disease. I mean, it's, it's that, you know, it's that cause and affecting, right? It's, it's pretty amazing. I just want people to hear that. And I'm curious if anything comes to mind for you about something you clinically experience of, of like a, a major transformation that you might want to share, or if it's just general like that. Uh, oh, so many client success stories. Um, so I see a lot of, I get engaged from families. Um, like the, one of the first ones that came to me for ADHD was a family and um, the child uh, was a teenager and was experiencing hormonal uh, disturbances, acne, uh, weight gain. The biggest uh, grades were suffering in school and just the focus um, was there. And very, they, they had gotten clinically diagnosed with ADHD and the family system was not on board with taking um, methamphetamine derivative medication. So they wanted to look at um, you know, other avenues. And so, when I worked with this, I worked with the whole family system, I even went to their house, I, clean, I, I educated them um, on foods. We, I recommended a book, like a cookbook. I cleaned out their cupboards. I mean, we really did everything um, that you, you can do. And I worked with the whole family system and sat down with the, you know, the major players um, that were gonna support this person when I was not with them. And so they were able to, when, when they did decide, to use the nutrition as strategies it, within 30 days um, and about, about six, maybe it was three, three months, uh, lost about 20 pounds, which is not, was, they would not come to me for weight loss, right? Like it was inflammation in the body and the brain based off of food. And this was healthy food, just things that you would think that's marketed to us as healthy but it was packaged foods, things with food colorings in it, uh, processed foods, not enough protein, because mm -hmm. uh, the essential amino acids, uh, blood sugar dysregulation, uh, a lot of a lot of sugar, a lot of dairy. Dairy is a big one. Um, a lot of individuals just they're genetically after age five, we stop producing the enzyme that breaks down dairy, and that is shown in many many mood disorders. Uh, so they, their, their grades improved, they, they lost weight, they didn't fit an ADHD diagnosis, um, the hormones improved, the skin improved, everything was, you know, to improve and to the point where uh, the student was saying, well, I don't need to do this anymore because I'm okay. And so she went back to eating um, and doing the things that she was doing before. And of course, all the symptoms come, came back. And sure. so there's sure. a group right there 
um, that what you were doing before was medicinal. And so that was not a failure. That was, oh, okay, what I was doing was medicinal. This is my medicine. Mm-hmm. And how can I um, how can I continue to do this? And so, you know, we talked about including friends and family. Uh, her mother ate the same way with her and was very supportive. Um, and so, you know, it's a major success story. I mean, we, that's so beautiful. Like what you just shared around how you work, mm-hmm. where you went into the family system, you like made over their cabinets, you did, you know, you, you engaged, you educated, like that's, to me, that's the role of a doctor or a healer. Like when I think of how healing has to take place, especially for children, because they're being supported and regulated or dysregulated by these other bodies and nervous systems and patterns. So I, I love that that you, I love that you do that. It makes me so happy. Um, I used to do house calls. I loved it. It was oh. like so amazing. You learn so much, right? There's no better assessment than getting I, something wrong. I agree. That's why I used, I, I, I rejected having an office for so long because I thought it was more effective to sit in their home and listen and smell and see and just like be in the, in the biome of their existence. It's powerful. I'm wondering, um, I have one question about screens, right? Because growing up, um, you know, for us, it was like there was television. That was that was it. There was no, I mean, that was a lot. But there was no other screen. There weren't. There were no phones to be looking at. There were no computers to be looking at. School was all books and you know overhead projectors and chalkboards. So I'm just wondering what you see in terms of the connection of screens and the blue light and that electricity um, with with ADHD. Symptoms. Okay. This is such a good question. Um, that you, I can tell that you really, really get ADHD. Screens are so dysregulating uh, internally. So, with my presentation, as you saw, the way that light actually gets into our body and our nervous system is through our eyeballs. And when that uh, blue light gets into our eyeballs, we see dysregulation within the nervous system, the immune system. Um, all the regulatory processes, their circadian rhythms, um, and our, our whole body is just a symphony of rhythms that just get dysregulated. And so I'll see, for example, I will see a higher rate of bipolar and just very dysregulated mood state for individuals that do shift work because of that circadian imbalance. And that's not something that you can hack your way out of like you really do need to get up in the morning uh, when the sun is up and you need to get that early light sun especially for adhd because of the vitamin d status and you you cut out but you said third shift work is that what you said yeah like second shift yeah second shift got it yeah where you're waking up essentially when you're sleeping yep yeah so we are rhythmic beings our circadian rhythm and ADHD, that can be a huge trigger for ADHD to have your screen in your face because a screen in the face is making your body feel like it's four o'clock. We still have a little bit of daytime and it's not four o'clock. It's 10, 11, 12 o'clock at night. And your body, then this shuts down melatonin that's supposed to be increasing, which is a hormone in our body that helps regulate our mood. And so it starts to shut down these internal processes and then it tips somebody over into having dysregulated mood states, which ADHD, bipolar, et cetera. I love, you know, what you just reminded me, like one of my favorite ways of working with insomnia 
um, and panic and trauma responses that come out in the evening in particular is with candlelight. Because when I have clients get rid of their phones and their computers, let's say like seven, and then they light candles and they just read, they stare at the wall even, what you're saying right now is that the melatonin and the circadian rhythm turns on that starts allowing their body to get ready to disarm and not mm-hmm. make the adrenaline already again and not get uh, activated, right, and focused. Right. And it's, it's brilliant what happens to the body when people actually engage in those exercises with me around the, the candlelight or just no light versus the people that have the television in their rooms. It's, it's a complete different um, culture even. It's amazing right. what happens in their bodies and minds. So I, how, do you, how do you support children who are addicted to social media and their phones who need some space from it? Like what have you seen as the, the transition of the happy medium or how does that work? Well, I meet them halfway, and so I have them download uh, blue light apps. There's Flux that can be added to your computer and then uh, on your phone. Uh, I'm pretty, I'm pretty solid on a bedtime, and then an hour away from bedtime, it's wind down time for the whole family. So when I'm working with ADHD with a child and even a teen, it's a whole, it's a family system because we've got to get. We've got to start to get that family more in a regulated state and starting to wind down because our nervous systems talk to one another. And uh, so I'm asking them to download free apps on their computers, any blue light. I'm asking them to get off of all technology an hour or more before bed and um, that, you know, we're creating activities for them. And then I have blue light blocking glasses I'm asking them to wear. Uh, along with that, that's just my first line strategy um, because it takes a little time to get uh, those cycles in, in place. And there is uh, technology addiction too. So, <clears throat> so we're really having to assess where are they at with their, their digital detox. I mean, it's uh, these dopamine hits that we are very much addicted to. And we're really trying to co-regulate. That's, that's also something that is was is really happening we're really people are desperately trying to connect through mm-hmm. social media but mm-hmm. it is such a it's such a terrible modality to get that um but you you see the desperation in trying to connect with the social media you don't want to take that away so i'm meeting them halfway um especially for teenagers because that is their social system um and just kind of working with an hour before bedtime we really need to focus on getting getting you off of off of this and a lot of times people will be using supplements like a melatonin and they're using too high of dosages um so they're groggy waking up in the morning and so we need to add in some rhodiola some um an adaptogen a lot of times with adhd there's co-occurring depression so rhodiola or with child like a calming magnesium or something like that before Mm -hmm. bed just calm down some chamomile tea if you're older um, to, to start to wind down, we've lost these rituals. We've lost mm-hmm. these daily rhythms. We've lost these rituals and trying to get a, a nourishing bedtime rhythm for the family system in place. You know, we're really aligned on um, social media and co-regulation, like the innocent unconscious desire and attachment is that co-regulation desperation. Mm-hmm. Um, because there's this, you know, when I think of, um, when I think of technology and the internet in particular, and I think of it as like a hub for information. It feels like very 
vital and it feels like great and not the only way, but like a beautiful way to connect cultures and people and all this. And when I think about it as an, um, an attempt for secure attachment, that's where we see all these dysregulating emotional, you know, panic driven addictions um, with the emotional, social desire to attach and co-regulate through something as temporary as a like or a post or you know whatever it is and so i'm glad you brought that in because people who are listening to this who adults themselves who have this addiction but especially for your children it's when you create that that co-regulation that you can touch and feel in your actual circle whether it's your family or your friends or your, your culture your group you go to you don't i mean in my opinion i don't find the need to get my my emotions and my social needs met through, let's say, Instagram, for example. And I think when I think of children growing up with this as the primary modality, um, they don't really have anything to compare it to how good it feels to like play in the woods or mm-hmm. sit next to someone and read a book or like stare at the wall, <laughs> but to co-regulate while staring at the wall. Mm-hmm. So I, I'm really glad you mentioned that because that's an important net that has to be created to support that child's nervous system. So they don't depend on the, on the internet to do that, right? Exactly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I have one more question for you. I could talk to you for hours, by the way. And so I, I hope we can do this again because we're just focusing on ADHD, but there's so many things you do. And I would love to just kind of like go through them through the year, you know? I would love that. Oh, this good. has been so fun. I, I love this. You and I are so aligned on so many fronts. That's how I feel. And you're in Iowa, is that right? I am in Iowa. So my question is, Final question. If there were three foods that could be eliminated for children or adults who have ADHD or expressions that mimic ADHD, what would those be and why? Number one would be sugar, for sure. I'm getting rid of sugar and switching them out because I am very disordered eating uh, aligned with not, I, I don't even like using the word diet. So Getting rid of sugar and switching it out for fruit, whole foods, just number one. Um, for specifically for ADHD, the processed foods, just in general, with the food dyes uh, that are in uh, ADHD, that can be very. Our bodies have not evolved to notice food dyes as natural, and so our bodies create systemic inflammation. Um, around preservatives and colors, and that creates a, a brain disturbance uh, that looks like ADHD, but it is just a foreign object in our body that our body is trying to reject and give us signals uh, to do something about that. And it's so hard uh, picking a third one. I, I'm actually going to go pretty radical here, and I'm going to say change out your oils change out your food oils and um, having an olive oil instead of a, a vegetable oil. There's actually no vegetables in a vegetable oil. It's causing systemic uh, inflammation that's going to your brain. And so kind of doing a food oil audit. Uh, and I know that's different because a lot of times they'll say gluten and dairy, but dairy is a big one, obviously I would add that. But usually through the, the modalities that, that I do, we're going to figure out what is causing what. We're doing a lot of investigation into what for you is causing your symptoms. And it's very different because 
and very genetically based. So all humans exist on the spectrum of omnivore, so vegetarian to a carnivore, based on your culture and then your health condition. Um, we have to pair those things together. And so I can't make blanket statements uh, about that because I don't know what your culture is. I really appreciate that. Mm -hmm. I'm so happy to have had you here. You know, you shed light on a beautiful, important topic that afflicts so many people. And I wanted to just reflect or echo what you just said about how the body doesn't identify the colorings and food colorings as natural. So what the body does to protect itself is, of course, systemically inflamed, and then that mimics ADHD amongst, you know, thousands of other things. And I, what I love about that statement is um, whenever someone comes into my office who, if they are overweight or they have arthritis or they have acne, whatever it is, I, I truly see them and I try to help them see that their body's reacting perfectly. Like there's nothing wrong with them. It's like a healthy response to a toxin. And so mm -hmm. you're not bad or wrong or broken. You're actually working really well. You know, we get rid of the toxin and the symptom just vanishes. Mm -hmm. So when you said that, I felt that same kind of um, philosophy. Exactly. And you, once you have resolved or integrated your trauma, however you're, you're calling this, your body is going to, you're going to be able to feel that sensation in your body as far as this food that I just Eight does not nourish me because of this symptom. There's nothing wrong. This food just does not work. So you don't need to run off to the doctor, get any levels of testing done. You're going to know immediately because you're going to be embodied and you're going to be in connection and your body is going to send you, our bodies are so creative and they're going to send you a signal, whether it is through acne, whether it is through pain, whether it's through whatever that is, that's a message. Now, what you have consumed, whether it's internal or external, right? Because stress does affect the body as well. But take action on the things that you can take action on. So beautiful. I just heard, you know, signals versus symptoms. And that's really nice. Mm -hmm. So that that's like um, an empowering way for people to hear the signal and follow it and be curious. Mm -hmm. And then they get all, to learn all this wisdom of how to speak to their bodies, which is the work right. we both do. So I, mm -hmm. I appreciate that. Absolutely. Thank you so much again for, for giving us your time. I really appreciate it, Shannon. Thank you. This was wonderful. Let's do it again. For more information on Shannon's work, you can follow her on Instagram at The Integrative Counselor. She has so many resources. This woman is extremely generous in her offerings. So anyone you know that may be suffering from an autoimmune condition or ADHD or any kind of diagnoses mental or physical that may have some roots in trauma and environment and nutrition uh, shannon is your go-to well i hope you enjoyed today's episode my question for you is where do you feel the episode take a breath and just notice what's your body doing right now sit with it let it speak to you, and let whatever comes up, come up. And your only job is to listen, for all the wisdom you need is right inside of you. For more information on my work, including my online courses and healing circles, please visit holisticlifenavigation.com. You can also follow me on Instagram and Facebook, where I share weekly philosophies and resources to help you release stress and trauma from your body so that you can live a happier life. Thank you so much for joining me. I'll see you next time.
Did you know your food cravings are actually a doorway to your subconscious? They are. We tend to see cravings as something bad or something we just give in to mindlessly. But when you embody your cravings, you're able to notice they're just blossoming from a certain place that has a certain need and needs your attention. Join me on Wednesday, May 29th, as I unpack this in a new webinar called Cravings Destigmatized. In this webinar, I'll help you learn the difference between a nutritional craving and an emotional craving, as well as how do we use cravings to get in touch with our unmet needs and any of our unconscious, unprocessed emotional experiences. It begins at 4 p.m. Eastern, and everyone who registers will get a replay. You can find the link in the episode details, and you can also go to www.holisticlifenavigation.com and click on events, and the information is right there. Hope to see you there.